Sir? Sir? There's someone to see you, sir. Hmm? <laughs> Tell them I'm... It's urgent, sir. It's about Harry the Hornet. It can't wait. Hornet Heaven, Series 3, Episode 2, Deconstructing Harry, Earth Season, 2016-17. Bill Mainwood was in the programme office a couple of days after the draw at home to Crystal Palace on Boxing Day 2016. He looked up and saw who Derek was talking about. Harry the Hornet should be sacked. Bill was surprised to see her in his office. Harry shouldn't have ridiculed Wilfred Zahar by diving onto the grass. It's time to ditch our club mascot. Bill noticed a tremor in her voice. He wasn't sure whether it was anger or something else. Her face was giving nothing away. Bill said, Ditch Harry? But he was only having a bit of fun. That's his job. She stared at Bill and said, The club has to get rid of him. Bill thought this was an over-serious reaction. He looked deep into her unblinking eyes to try to gauge her feelings. Then her voice cracked with emotion as she said, just like they got rid of me in the early 2000s. Bill watched Harriet the Hornet's huge yellow head droop in sadness. He took her black furry hand and patted it sympathetically. Before today, Bill Mainwood hadn't seen Harriet the Hornet for 15 years or so. He took a good look at her now. On the surface, she seemed a happy-go-lucky character, but Bill could tell her smile was just stitched on. It was clear from her body language that she'd spent too long somewhere she didn't want to be. In this respect, it struck him the six-foot polyester insect was a dead ringer for Jose Holobas. There, there, Bill said. Harriet began to sob. The black antennae on her yellow head wobbled. Bill gently asked her why she was so unhappy. She explained that she was longing to be reunited with her husband. <laughs> Every day I go back through the ancient turnstile to watch our wedding. On the pitch, at home to wolves, on August the 28th, 1998. It's the only match in Hornet Heaven I ever revisit. Bill felt a pang of pity in his chest. Poor Harriet was clearly still grief-stricken at her separation from Harry. Bill said, I know you'd like him to be up here with you, Harriet, but that would require his passing away, and surely... No one wants Harry the Hornet dead. 
apart from Big Fat Sam, of course. Harriet seemed to recognise the truth of this. She covered her massive white eyes with her shaggy black hands and continued to weep. Bill sat and thought. Hornet Heaven was a place where everyone was meant to be happy. So he began to wonder how he could cheer Harriet up, even if only temporarily. Before long, he had an idea. In the atrium, a 20-something lad was wearing Ray-Bans indoors. Boom! Man, got one in it, fam! The lad's friend had a hipster beard. What you got, dude? Man got what for players who are like cars, you get me blood? Totally wicked. Bill explained to Harriet that Ray-Bans and hipster were always making humorous lists involving Watford players. He hoped the lads would brighten her mood. Harriet stared at them blankly with her big glued-on eyes. Bill said, Ray-Bans, perhaps you should start to let Harriet get the hang of things. Sick! Mungo first! Renault Gilmartin! Nice one, dude. How about Walter Maserati? There wasn't a flicker on Harriet's face. The lads kept going. Glenn Skoda! Boom! Tamas Priaskin. <laughs> Bill thought he'd better try and think of one to jolly things along. He said, Vauxhall? Vidra, but then he wasn't sure whether that was actually a car or not. Harriet started crying again. Bill took Harriet to the club's swanky new restaurant, the gallery, for a heart-to-heart. They were stopped at the door by Lamper, Hornet Heaven's former hooligan-turned-chief steward. Oi! You can't come in here wearing football kit! Harriet in her old yellow shirt with the red sleeves, stepped forward. She was right in Lamper's face. Nice! Wanna make something of it, do ya? I like it tasty. Aria shoved Lamper in the chest. Now we're talking. Lamper started windmilling. He landed his right fist in the middle of Harriet's furry face. He waited for her to hit the deck, but Harriet didn't even flinch. She turned up her palms and beckoned Lamper on for more. But Bill had seen enough. He got between them, calmed them down and saw Harriet to a seat in one of the semicircular booths. Bill sat opposite and looked closely at Harriet the Hornet. She was almost identical to Harry the Hornet. The only difference was that she had five vertical eyelashes stitched above each eye. I didn't make her look particularly feminine, Bill thought, just permanently surprised. But he didn't say anything. When the moment was right, he said, Look, Harriet, 
I understand how you feel about Harry. We all get emotionally attached to people at the club. Too attached sometimes. I mean, even our illustrious founder isn't immune. Bill raised a hand and pointed at Henry Grover, the man who founded Watford Rovers in 1881. Henry was sitting in a nearby booth, tearfully studying an old programme feature on Alman Abdi. The father of the club lifted the programme to his lips and tenderly kissed Abdi on the cheek. The old man sniffled. I still love you, Alman. Bill said to Harriet, You see, it's important we all find a way to let go and move on. But I don't think I can. She started sobbing again. You poor thing. Why don't you take off your head for a few moments and wipe your eyes? Harriet immediately stopped sobbing. Take my head off? What are you talking about? Well, I know mascot rules dictate that you can't be seen out of costume, but surely you can't be expected to stay inside that ridiculous suit for the whole of eternity. There was a muffled sound as Harriet's furry hand slapped Bill on the cheek. Bill was astonished. His eyes widened behind his spectacles. Harriet slapped him again. Bill's spectacles went skew-whiff. Ridiculous suit! Sorry, I didn't mean to be rude, but you have to admit, it's not a suit. This is my body. This is me. Bill frowned. You mean... You mean... You're not a human being? You're not actually flesh and bone under there? Harriet's anger seeped away. She bowed her head again. I'm nothing but man-made fibre. I'm the only one of my type up here in Hornet Heaven, which is why Harry the Hornet is the only person in the world for me. He's the only person the same as me. Bill was a bit flummoxed by this. He readjusted his spectacles. Things were proving slightly odder than he'd expected. He heard Derek's voice again. Sir? Sir? Excuse me, sir? Bill waved Derek away. This was the wrong moment to be interrupted. He needed to work out how there could be a non-human in Hornet Heaven. The idea was messing with his head. It seemed far too flaky to be real. Harriet said, So... Aside from decapitating myself, have you got any other bright ideas how to help? Bill thought. He didn't have any actual ideas just yet. But he knew exactly what he needed to make happen. Somehow, gently and delicately, he had to help Harriet arrive at the realisation that in the real world, Harry the Hornet was really just a bloke called Gareth. Gareth. <laughs> 
Back in the atrium, Bill was ready with his idea. He said to Harriet, Right, come along with me. Where are we going? On one of my magical history tours. I'm taking you to see games you've never seen before. Games from before you ever arrived at Watford, he told her. What he didn't tell her was that it was part of a master plan to mend her broken heart by showing her the truth about Harry the Hornet. Bill took Harriet down Occupation Road and through the ancient turnstile to a home game in 1980. On the Vicarage Road pitch, before the game, a costumed figure was presenting a giant cheque to a lady in a fur coat and glasses. Harriet started at the costume and said, What the hell is that? The costumed figure had a big letter W on its chest. It had solid wings that somehow looked like shoulder pads from Dynasty. It had jaunty yellow boots that seemed to be cast-offs from a psychedelic pantomime. And its head was clearly a yellow motorcycle helmet with antennae stuck on. Harriet asked, Is it a walking jumble sale? Bill explained, That's actually Harry the Hornet, the first incarnation. Harriet said, is someone taking the piss out of mascots? Next, they went to a game from a couple of years later into the 1980s. Harriet watched appalled as two people paraded around the pitch in yellow and black costumes. They were wearing what looked like repurposed fireside rugs with floppy masks made from cut-offs of the same material. The costumes looked like they'd been made up from a design entered into a Junior Hornets designer mascot competition, under fives section, and not the winning entry. Harriet said, Is that seriously meant to be me and Harry? She ran to the front of the terrace and shouted, Imposters! The next home game they went to was in the mid-90s, when Harry the Hornet's costume actually looked a bit more like a hornet. Harriet admired the more realistically shaped yellow and red striped abdomen. She was impressed by the huge white wings, which stuck out like sails on the creature's back. She said, Well, that's a bit better. But then... She watched Harry the Hornet take part in a penalty shootout with Mr Blobby. She clutched her brow and said, Oh, God, this is just embarrassing. Later, at a match in 1996, they saw another different Harry the Hornet. Harriet complained. So, that's my future husband, is it? What a prat! He's wearing his baseball cap sideways. And look at his arse. It's all saggy. Bill leaned in and said, Don't fancy yours much. When Harriet laughed, Bill realised his master plan was already working. 
Finally, Bill took Harriet to the home game against Wolves in August 1998. Harry's costume was now the same as in 2016, apart from the shirt. Bill said respectfully, So, this was it. Your big day. They sat and watched the real-world version of Harriet getting married to Harry as part of the pre-match entertainment. Bill couldn't help wincing. Children in replica kit, clutching yellow and red balloons, formed a guard of honour as the two mascots walked hand in hand before the Sky Sports cameras. Harry's best man was the Wolverhampton mascot, Wolfie. Bill couldn't work out if it was meant to be a moving occasion or what. A few people in the crowd looked up from their programmes, but they soon looked back down again. Bill soon began to find it absolutely excruciating. But he knew that over the last 15 years or so, Harriet had come back to witness this scene thousands of times. He turned to see how she was coping this time around, now that she had a wider perspective on Watford's mascot history. She took a deep breath and said, Go on then. Tell me who's inside the ridiculous suits. Bill answered gently. It's actually just a couple of people from the club shop. Harriet stared at Bill as she processed this fact. She appeared wide-eyed, as always, but Bill could tell it wasn't shock. He knew she was coming to terms with the truth about mascots, because she said, Jesus. It's all a bit shit, really, isn't it? Bill and Harriet the Hornet returned to the present day and on New Year's Day 2017 they went to the Spurs home game together. They watched the current Harry the Hornet follow the Watford team out. The mascot lined up next to the Premier League arch and formally shook hands with the Spurs players. Bill had always been amazed that this regularly happened at Vicarage Road. He found it extraordinary. Before each match, the visiting team of high-profile elite athletes were obliged to shake hands with someone in an oversized insect costume. To Bill's mind, this was just as disrespectful as Harry's dive behind Wilfred Zahar's back, the incident that had caused so much fuss after the Palace game. Yet no one ever complained, or even batted an eyelid. Everyone took it seriously. Every season, they even let the cartoon insect take part in minute silences to pay respects to the dead. It was bizarre. As bizarre as a non-human inhabiting Hornet Heaven, Bill thought to himself. Now his musings were interrupted by Derek's voice again. Sir? Sir? This is important, sir! Bill waved Derek away again. He needed to make sure his master plan with Harriet had reached its conclusion. 
He glanced at her to see how she was coping with seeing the latest version of Harry the Hornet again. She noticed Bill looking at her and said, It's all right, thanks, Bill. I'm okay. Bill smiled. I'm cured. I'm not taking any of this seriously anymore. Good. I'm pleased. Very pleased. Bill cheerily patted her hairy hand. I wish I could say the same for everyone, he added. And I include former England managers in that. Sir? Sir? Are you all right, sir? Huh? Sir? Bill fumbled dopily for his spectacles and lifted his head from the office desk. Gosh, you seem very drowsy, sir. I know the football hasn't been terribly entertaining recently, but honestly, sir, there's work to do. And, as I say, there's someone to see you. Bill sat up straight. <clears throat> right. Now, who is it who wants to see me, young man? A new arrival, sir. With news about Harry the Hornet. Apparently, down on Earth... There was talk of our mascot facing an FA charge for his dive after the Palace game. What? A mascot in front of a disciplinary committee? Yes, sir. Seriously? Yes, sir. Bill took off his spectacles and laid his head on the desk to doze again. Sometimes, he thought to himself, the real world of football was stranger than fiction. End of episode. The next episode of Hornet Heaven will be Series 3, Episode 3, Up for the Cup. Hornet Heaven was created and written by Watford fan Ollie Wicken. It was read by Watford fan Colin Mace. It was produced by Watford fan John Mooney. Music by Watford fans Steve Joy and Jeff Wicken. <laughs>